Good afternoon, and welcome to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. Do you want to help make the world a better place but don't know where to start? Join us as we explore the possibilities on today's show with inspiring guests, uplifting music, and new ideas. So, let's get started. Here are your hosts, Lori Ann Rising and Uncle Mark Olmstead. Welcome to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. I'm your host, Mark Olmstead. And I'm Lorianne Rising. And today, we're welcoming back men whose view of reality and what's possible for humanity far exceeds what most of us have been taught to believe. Stephen Holly Martin has interviewed dozens of near-death survivors, psychics, researchers into the paranormal, as well as quantum physicists and medical doctors on his podcast, The Truth About Life. To him, it's clear that humankind is on the cusp of the transition to a new understanding of the true nature of reality. To share what he's learned, he has written well over a dozen books, many of which are bestsellers. Martin is a former principal of the Martin Agency, a world-renowned firm that created the Geico Gecko. I mean, how cool is that? And Virginia is for lovers, quote unquote. Currently, he is the editor and publisher of the Oakley Press and the only three-time winner of the Writer's Digest Book Award. He's also won first prize for visionary fiction from independent publisher and first prize for nonfiction from USA Book News. Welcome back, Welcome Steve. Back. Thanks for being here. This is so oh. cool. What a resume. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm delighted to be here again. I appreciate you having me back. You have been a busy guy. I mean, how long is so? So you said in our last episode you started uh, when you were twenty five. You had your revelation of of your with your near death experience or or, or out of body experience. Yeah, I yeah. should say it, it wasn't necessarily. And ever, ever since twenty five on, you've pretty much been focused on this this direction. I have been. I, you know, of course, I had to had to work and make a living there for a while, and that's what I did at the Martin Agency. And uh, but uh, I, uh, in my spare time, I studied metaphysics. I joined the Rosicrucian Society, which is a society of mystics and uh, and studies metaphysics. Went through their whole courses, all the courses they give, and the seminars they have and went from novice to adept. And then uh, I started uh, just reading everything I could about uh, metaphysics. And uh, then, I, of course, I had that podcast that I, where I I've had it for a couple of years, over 100 podcasts where I interviewed uh, quantum physicists, near-death survivors, psychics, and so on and so forth. And I've now written a couple of dozen books on that subject. And uh, yeah, I, I feel like the world is on the cusp of, a, of accepting a new reality, a new way of viewing things, a new paradigm about how everything works and why we're all here and what it's all about. Well, so there you go. I am stoked to hear more about the book, and we're going to get more into some of that stuff. Now, I, I, you mentioned at one point that there was you, you were right down the street from Edgar Casey, and it, I mean, <laughs> or his institute or, or university. There is that some of the uh, the connections, or, or is there like an energetic vibe around there that you're uh, you're you're soaking up? 
I think there is. I think, you know, I think we pick our parents to decide where we're going to be born and to whom we're going to be born. And I think I picked this location because it was right between uh, Edgar Casey to the east and the Monroe Institute to the west and University of Virginia to the west, where they've been studying uh, children's memories of past lives and uh, all kinds of uh, near-death experiments they've conducted uh, and they've uh, studied. And I'm right between them. So all I got to do is either go east or west and I can find out a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> well, yeah. fantastic. We'll be visiting here later when we get on the road. I'm looking forward to... to... You know, I, I, I do. I want to visit that area. Absolutely. I think that would be so much fun. But, you know, I, I am somebody who, you know, your statement about picking our parents or picking certain things about, you know, our life or, or, or whatever. I number of years ago, I was part of a spiritual community and, and we would meditate very, very deeply. And during one of the meditations, I had a memory and it wasn't I mean, that's all I can call it. It was a memory, just like any other memory. But it was a memory of the act of choosing the host that I am currently in. So in other words, you know, what I recall is, is standing with my guide and I was aware that we had just come from choosing what my life would be and, and certain elements of it. Of course, I don't remember what those things are exactly. I wasn't supposed to, but the next step was to choose the host. And I chose this one because she would be strong enough to go through everything I needed to and still accomplish her purpose. And that's the part when I came out of the meditation, there was this part of me was like, wow, that's really cool. And what was I thinking choosing this, you know, kind of thing too. But you know, I was like, whoops, wait. I chose this for a reason. Okay, so it kind of shifted the <laughs> worldview a little bit, you know. <laughs> no more victim mentality. Well, I, no. I would think so, but <laughs> but you know, you know, we do choose. I think, and and life is difficult. Let's face it. Uh, it's not. <laughs> it, it has to be because we come here to learn. I believe, and or we come here because we have a mission whatever the reason, it's not easy. And, and uh, in fact, I think it was the Buddha who said, life is suffering. Mm. And I think he was onto something there because it is. But we don't learn. If, if you live in a garden and people bring you wonderful food on a silver platter and, you know, you're, you're pampered, you don't learn a thing. The, only, the way you learn is by uh, facing difficulties and overcoming them, you know, Think about the people you know, and perhaps this is true of you, where you've been through a very difficult situation. And while it was while you were in that situation, it was terrible and you didn't want to be there. But with time, when you look back at it, you realize that that situation was a gift in a way because you learned from it. You grew from it. You, you're, you came out of it on a higher level of understanding about the world in a higher level of compassion toward others and, and other things like that. So I think that's what life is about. This this reality is a school we come into to either teach or to learn or sometimes both. Mm -hmm. And I feel like my purpose is both to learn 
and to teach what I've learned. And that's one of the reasons I'm glad I'm on your show today. Thank you so much for having me here. Very, very mutual. I, I feel like the, uh, the from my first experience as a ski instructor um, that I, I learned to ski with the idea of becoming an instructor. And I found out through that process that they told us then that the best way to learn something is to learn how to teach it. Yep. And it has been my experience ever since that's like it keeps repeating over and over that the, the, mm -hmm. it's just an absolute reality that i feel like that those are both a both and situation if you really want to learn something teaching is a really good well perspective I, to, I found to too to, just just in the act of figuring out what students questions are and how to respond to them is also the act of both learning and teaching like you, you can't separate the two you know, you can choose to only be a student, mm -hmm. but really good teachers are always both. You can't mm -hmm. not be a student and be teaching well, I don't think. I just, yeah. Well, and, and on that on that note that you were touching on, you both were touching on a little bit ago about looking onto this life or, or finding our parents or choosing our lives. Um, my question there is kind of coming from the place, of, all right, so if we're doing that, if we're picking out our body beforehand, where are we when we're doing that? Where is our spirit? Is that a is that heaven or is that is do you have a a, a thesis around that idea there, Steve? <laughs> do you illuminate us with? Yes, I do. I do. I think that uh, you know. I think this reality, this physical three dimensional reality, four dimensions if you call if you count time is just one of many realities and that the other ones are mostly non-physical and call it heaven if you want. But I think there are different levels of uh, reality beyond this one. And when you're picking your parents and you're standing there with your guide as Lori was and choosing that mother because she was strong or, or the, because they had a certain situation or the father and mother were had qualities that uh, were going to help you have the experience you came here to have. I think while you're doing that, you're in a non-physical realm. You know, one of the interesting uh, stories about past lives is a couple that in Louisiana. They were Southern Baptists, didn't believe in reincarnation, had a son who, when he he was two years old, would have nightmares and he would start screaming that he was trying to get out, that the, his plane was on fire and uh, he couldn't get out. And I'll make a long story short. He started talking about uh, a life that took place back and ended back in 1945. He apparently was a fighter pilot in World War II and was shot down and killed at the Battle of Iwo Jima in the Pacific in, in the spring of 1945. Mm. But one of the things that he told his parents was that he chose them because he thought they would be good parents and that he saw them on the beach in the pink hotel in Hawaii. And sure enough, his mother and father had had a second honeymoon where they went to Hawaii and they stayed at a 
Pink Hotel, and that's where they conceived this child. Mm. So uh, he was, I guess, when he viewed them, would have had to have been on what's called the astral plane, which is the closest one to this reality. But he remembered that. And some people do remember the time between lives. It's rare. But a lot of children remember past lives, particularly when they died uh, early on. Their life was cut short, either like his was. His name was James. James was shot down. He was in his 20s. Killed in the war, killed in an accident, murdered or whatever. The, the uh, many, many lives that uh, past lives that have been studied by the University of Virginia Division of Perceptual Studies, almost all of them are children whose lives were cut short and they came back fairly quickly and remembered their past lives. So, you know, we, we do spend time between lives in a non-physical realm. Call it heaven if you want. Wow. There you go. It's kind of interesting to me to think about, I mean, there's ancient traditions that have just lived as if this was fact since, you know, forever. I mean, Buddhist tradition, Tibetan in particular, my understanding is they choose the next uh, Dalai Lama based on testing children for that Mm -hmm. connection back to the previous Dalai Lama. And the documentary I saw was actually around how the, I want to say communist China, the, the, the group of people that's trying to undermine Tibet itself has actually taken over that process to choose the next Dalai Lama, as opposed to letting the Tibetans do it. And that's how really? they're converting to buy wow. itself. And so when this current one passes, the next one who's already in training is actually coming from this other group mm. as opposed to their own. So it, it's interesting that they so believe this that it's they're using it to subvert a very ancient lineage, tradition, mm-hmm. you know, culture, an entire yeah. nation really. Whereas the Western, you, you know, culture is like, yeah, we don't really believe that's even a thing. <laughs> you know, opposite right. end of the spectrum. <laughs> Just like, yeah, it's not a thing. Flip the, the <laughs> channel. Yeah. Yes. Let's watch a different program. It's, yeah. it's amazing to me <laughs> how we can create a reality that way for this current life based on beliefs. Well, and the power structure. But, you know, our... Our Western society, our uh, culture is based on Christianity and Judaism. And back back when Christ was alive, people believed in reincarnation. And for the first 500 or so years of the church, people believed in reincarnation. It was at the Council of Constantine in 553 AD that the uh, Emperor Justinian told the bishops and the Pope to strike uh, reincarnation from the Christian canon because he didn't want to have it in there because he didn't believe, he believed that if people thought they would have another chance at heaven, that they wouldn't uh, be as obedient to the church and the Pope and the priests and the bishops and so on. So that's idea is still now ingrained in People's uh, thoughts that that that, Christ, that 
You only get one life, and then you're condemned to hell or you go to heaven. You get one chance, and that's it, <laughs> which yep. really doesn't make sense when you think of it. But anyway, that that's why we think that way, whereas there are more people on Earth who believe in reincarnation than those who don't. They mm. just happen to be in a different part of the world over in the East, mm -hmm. India and places like that. See, that, that right there is yep. about so there, paradigm shift. You know, with different like, levels of influence as well. Right, that's, that's, exactly. That's uh, the Western influence over everything. Exactly, exactly. Well, so one of the things I, I kind of feel like this is maybe leading into or, or kind of, you know, this idea of density of reality. Like there's this very physical, heavy plane. We think of it as 3D reality. Then there's, you mentioned the astral plane. Then there's, there's something in between, whether we call it a spiritual realm or whatever. So it, it seems like there's, this idea of density. Can you speak to that a little bit? The densities, yeah. Um, in fact, my new book uh, about the world being in transition uh, really addresses this very much so because I, I'm not sure. Have you ever heard of the law of one, uh, the raw material and the law of one? Mm. Raw, R-A? No, I would love to hear it. No. Yeah, well, it was the raw material was channeled back in the early 80s. I think they started in 1980. There were three people who channeled uh, a extraterrestrial being called Ra, who was also a god in the uh, Egyptian pantheon, the god Ra, who he said that he came to the Egyptians, helped them. Uh, told him how to build the pyramids and so forth, but he came through in, in the early 80s, and there are five books called the, uh, the Law of One, the Raw Material Law of One. And basically what Ra says is that there are seven densities of uh, reality, that the first density would be like uh, just mineral and air and water and so forth. It would be like a planet with no life on it. Mm. The second density, and this has to do, we talked in the last uh, time I was on your show about vibrations. A higher vibration would be the second density, which is uh, life, plant and animal life. The third density is where we are now, which is life plus sentient beings who are aware of their own existence. Uh, and that's us, that we're, we're able to think about our own lives, we're able to talk about reality and, and even observe our own thoughts and think about ourselves. I mean, we, have, we are aware of self, and that is the third density, be, uh, beings who are aware of self. The fourth density is where we're going, and we are in transition to that density now, and that is where we are aware that we are all one. That's what the all, law of one is. There is one mind of which we are each a facet, or we are each part of that one mind. We feel like in the third density that we are separate individuals, and that's because of our consciousness and our bodies and our memories and uh, our subconscious mind, which is might be equated to the soul, 
has had memories through many lifetimes that are all there as part of us. So that makes us think we're uh, separate, but we're not really separate. We're all part of this larger uh, mind, collective consciousness that uh, that is fourth density, and we realize that. And that in the fourth density, we will uh, realize that, and we'll start treating each other a lot better. Uh, we'll we'll follow the golden rule more, you know, do unto others as you would have others do unto you. Just as an aside, let me say that when people have a past life review, and I've interviewed a number of them, uh, most of them, or a lot of them have a uh, past life review when they have their near-death experience. And in that near-death experience past life review, they see the impact and the results of their actions and thoughts and words toward others. But they not only see it, they feel what the other person felt when you when they said something nice to them mm-hmm. or when they said something bad, uh, evil to them or uh, naughty to them. And so that really shows that we are all one in the fact that that's what the life review reveals. So fourth density is the uh, when we realize that we're all one. Fifth density is where we concentrate on wisdom, developing wisdom. Sixth density is where we put the two together, wisdom and and the oneness. Seventh density is the transition back to the creator. And then there might be an eighth density where it starts all over again. But anyway, those are the different densities, uh, Laurie. Question. Back to you. Is there a a requirement, like uh, I remember Barbara Marks Hubbard uh, talking about the requirement of perhaps 10 billion population of humanity before this, I think she described it as the global brain or, um, or whatever that, that would, that would then be able to manifest this next evolution of humanity into this, this oneness consciousness of a planet is there is there a number of a, of a population or is it is does that matter at all do you think how does uh, how are we going yeah yeah i think uh the, the answer to that is yes the earth has its own consciousness apparently it's uh, it's gaia you know is has has a consciousness and according to ra in this material that i spoke of that was channeled 40 years ago uh, the transition would begin in the year 2011 or 12. And what causes it to begin or make, what causes the transition to start and makes it possible to, to be in, in this fourth density is that 51% of the energy of, of life on earth, of human life on earth has already become aware of the oneness. And that doesn't mean that 51% of the people are, because some people are farther along than others and higher, have a higher awareness that can that contribute more to that 51% than just their uh, individual uh, consciousness would. It, it raises it more. But yes, the idea is that we are, we've, we've gone past 50 to 51% and we are now in the transitional stage. Now, Ra says it's going to take 
anywhere from 100 to 700 years to get into it fully. But uh, it's interesting to me that this also uh, coincides with the uh, passing from uh, Pisces into Aquarius. You know, the dawning of the age of Aquarius uh, is, uh, is really the same thing. Well, this you is see what I mean. Perfect, perfect. Uh, and, and you, could, you could probably break into song, you know, <laughs> about the age of Aquarius. <laughs> hey, that's a great introduction or a great segue. So we're, we're going to take, take a quick break here. But before we go uh, and, and come back with the song, actually, as a matter of fact. Well, maybe not but, that uh, one. But... but maybe not that one. Right. Right. But, uh, but before our break, <laughs> but our, to our message to our awesome listeners, please remember that your voice matters. Please take a moment and rate and review our show for you for for to let us know basically how we're doing and and what you are enjoying, what you like about the show, what we can keep doing more of. And uh, and you can do all that through our awesome, easy to remember website, which is share the love at rise and shine as one.com. That's, That's actually an email, not a website. A website. We did I say website? You did. Oh, I said website. But we want your feedback. Let's, so email yes. us. So email us at share the love at rise and shine as one. That's the number one.com. And right after the break, we'll be sharing one of Mark's original songs written as a reminder that no matter where we are, we always have the opportunity to create the lives we want and be the star of our own show. So stay tuned for Center Stage right after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. In our changing world, how can you protect the self-esteem, confidence, and dreams of the children you love in just five minutes a day, even from a distance? To learn more about Uncle Mark's best indie book award-winning kids book, his music, and resources to support families, visit TrueSunbeam.com. And if you're an author or musician with a similar mission, learn how to be a guest on the Rise and Shine radio show. Visit Uncle Mark at TrueSunbeam.com. Are you a woman who's tired of staying silent and people-pleasing at the expense of your own health, wealth, and happiness? Discover the roadmap to self-confidence and freedom in Lorianne Rising's international award-winning book, You, Rising, Reclaim Your Life. Live your purpose. And if you're an author whose nonfiction or memoir makes a powerful difference, you're invited to be a guest on the Rise and Shine radio show. For books, resources, and show details, visit LorianneRising.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Lights are on, the cameras roll, the action's underway. Time's come to choose a part to play. 
So will I hide in fear of my mistakes of yesterday? Or will I take my place at center stage? False evidence appearing real can misdirect my role When I let love's desire disengage For only when I'm following the directing of my soul Can I be right at home on center stage? You can let life serve you on your own movie set no one else can play the part that you were born to get Nobody is an extra on someone else's show Cause you're the star attraction here, you know And center stage is everywhere you go Got our own role to play What we do and what we say How we act along the ways Don't show how far we go Shining lights on others Who in turn might shine their own lights too Gives every scene we're in A brighter glow And we just might win an Oscar Before we go and You can let life serve you On your own movie stage but no one else is gonna play your part or make you turn the page. Nobody is an extra on someone else's show. Cause you're the star attraction here, you know. Center stage is everywhere you go. The lights are on, the cameras roll, the action's underway. Time's come to choose a part to play So will I hide in fear of my mistakes of yesterday Or will I take my place at center stage Oh, I'm gonna play my part from center stage Welcome back. You're listening to Rise and Shine and that was Center Stage by our very own Mark Olmstead. Download and enjoy the song or the entire Star Child CD from his website at markolmstead.com. It's M-A-R-K-O-L-M-S-T-E-A-D.com. And we are here with Stephen Holly Martin. And we're actually, we were just getting into their, uh, what, was, what was the chorus there? This is the dawning of the age of Aquaria. Every age of Aquaria. Oh, come on. You're not joining me there, Stephen. Come on. Aquaria. <laughs> but, Aquarius. Aquarius. All right. Oh, man. We need to do more duets. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> so what, what really yep. is the age of Aquarius? What does that mean? Well, you know, there are 12 signs in the zodiac, and each one, uh, Pisces, Aquarius, Taurus, and so forth, and each one takes about 2,000 years. And we have just come off or are leaving the age of Pisces, which is appropriate because Pisces is the fish, and, uh, you know, 
Jesus Christ. The idea of the fish was the, the symbol of Christianity. And uh, we've come through that. And now we're going into the age of Aquarius. We're transitioning. And Aquarius, of course, is the water bearer. And uh, it's age when we have, what is the song, the lyrics of the song, Sympathy and Understanding, uh, where we uh, learn to love one another and to uh, follow the golden rule. So according to Ra, Jesus was a fourth density being who incarnated on earth to give us the message about how to get to the fourth density, which is, you know, he said, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I've loved you. And, but uh, unfortunately, the church hasn't always interpreted that very well. <laughs> they often, instead of loving their neighbors, they burn them at the stake and so forth. So, but anyhow, <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> As I told you in the in our uh, first time I came on your show, I have an ancestor who was one of the uh, Salem witches, Susanna North Martin, and we didn't burn our witches at the stake; we hanged them. But uh, and she was hanged. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's amazing to me. Like I, I really value the spiritual texts and and the way in which there is so much meaning and metaphor and metaphysics in those stories. And mm -hmm. yet when people talk about taking those texts literally, I have to question like, okay, well, which translation that was commissioned by who with what agenda are you taking literally? You know, or are you going all the way back to the original writing and the original language and Sounds putting it great. into the context of the culture in which it was originally told. Like, right. which version are we going with here? So I always yeah, question. Which, which definition of virgin are we going by? Right, that you has know? shifted and changed. <laughs> you know, there's all kinds of things that, you know, it's no different in my mind than taking, you know, like my kids loved Builder Bob as a cartoon and, it was clear it was all fictional that there are some really real life lessons to learn from the stories. And, you know, Jesus was far more than Builder Bob, but, you know, there's there's wonderful lessons to learn. And yet there's certain things I don't know that we can or should take quite as literally as we do in, in many ways. It, well, so much of it is metaphor or allegory. I mean, you know, the allegory, the allegory of the, uh, Prodigal son, to me, is really what Christianity, the message of Christianity is that that God accepts everybody, even the sinners back when they when they when they come back, they're welcomed, you know, and I think that's that's what the true Christianity is about. The idea of Adam and Eve, to me, that is an allegory about the time uh, when we grew from second density to third density, where we became self-aware where our ego started talking to us and we started listening to that instead of the still small voice within. So, yeah, I mean, people take it literally and I, I think they, they miss the real true meaning of it. It's some great uh, stuff that comes through if you, if you really uh, take it as metaphor or allegory. Right. There you are. Well, you know, you, you were talking quite a bit about raw as I want to say an alien being who visited Egypt, who was channeled in the, I think you said the eighties 
So alien alien yeah well, so is he a ufo is he from another planet is he from another plane like how how did he get here <laughs> yeah i'll tell you who ross said he was or and i i don't like to use the word he because it's really more like they hmm. apparently Ra is a six density being that's where uh as i mentioned earlier wisdom and the oneness combine and he uh, is or the a whole civilization, a whole culture of souls that have combined into one being, according to Ra. And he evolved, he, she, it, they evolved on the planet Venus billions of years ago. Now, people were going to immediately say, well, Venus doesn't support life. And that's true today. Venus does not and cannot or could not or would not be able to support life. But NASA came out six months ago or so and said that a couple of billion years ago, Venus would have been conducive for life. It had liquid water. It had an atmosphere that, that where life could have existed. And they don't even know about Ra. So <laughs> uh, I don't think they do anyway. So... <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> Ra is a civilization that evolved on Venus billions of years ago and incarnated in the Egyptian society. And the, he said the reason that he did was the Egyptians were only living to about 30 years old at that time. And that wasn't long enough to really develop uh, spiritually, which is what life on earth is all about. It's the evolution of our spirits. And evolution is the real reason for, for life. And so he, he uh, or they evolved on uh, Egyptians to teach them how to uh, live longer, you know, cleanliness and so on and so forth. So, but in, also he helped them build the pyramids and the reason he wanted to come back and talk through these people uh, in the early 80s was that his message got distorted by the Egyptians. Eventually, after he was gone, you know, they, they messed it up. So he wanted to come through and really get, a, get it clearly into our society. And so actually, you can go on Amazon. I, I think there's a website where you can actually listen to those channeled sessions where you can actually read the whole thing free. But there are five books, Ra, The Law of One. You could go on Amazon and and, uh, and find them there. And I talk about all this, explain it in much more detail than we can go in here. In my latest book, you can find on my website. I'll put it on the home page. Just click on the uh, image of the book cover. And yes. Very cool. So, so in terms of, of actual UFOs or, or, or aliens or crop circles and that kind of stuff. There was, is this something that you have an experience of or, or can speak to? Yeah, I, I can speak to it. I, uh, when I first got out of college, I worked at an advertising agency in Baltimore, and my boss was a retired colonel from the Air Force, and he had been a pilot. And over drinks one evening, he told me that he – uh, was flying a transport plane across the Atlantic Ocean. 
had a crew of five on board and a UFO, a, a, a bright lit orb came up beside him up the cockpit and flew along beside them for half an hour. All of them saw it. And uh, eventually that orb just shot off to the right in a way that would have been, been possible, impossible for any conventional aircraft to have done. And he filed a report with the Air Force, and that was the last he heard of it. So there are going to be a lot of reports like that. Uh-huh. And uh, hopefully, uh, my understanding is that on around June 1, we're supposed to have a report come out from the Department of Defense that uh, tells us a whole lot more about UFOs. They've already admitted that they exist, but this is going to go into more detail. I think it was John Radcliffe or something like that. The guy who was head of intelligence for the, for the Trump administration has said that uh, that report is coming. And uh, when, when it's out, he'll be able to talk more about it because he was being interviewed. But anyhow, what I believe UFOs are, they are from more advanced civilizations than we are. And the reason they haven't landed on the lawn of the White House and said, take me to Joe Biden, <laughs> is that they're not going to interfere with us uh, until we're ready and until we want them to. And that they are very conscious of free will and the fact that they would not interfere with other sentient beings' free will. So at some point, I think we will have them contact with them. But that's why they're doing the, they're trying to get our attention with the sightings and the crop circles and all that. But uh, they're not going to just land and, you know, say, okay, we're here until we invite them to do that. So that, that's my until we're ready. Thoughts on Sounds like UFOs. Uh-huh. You know, it's interesting. Until we're ready. Yes, until right. we're ready. Right. I often hear people talk about how you know we're the only life out there, and I just I'm like, statistically speaking, the billions of planets just that we know in the known, let alone the unknown, let alone how many billions of you, you know, full galaxies with X number of planets. Like, how can we statistically be alone in the universe? It's just not even fathomable to me. But I'm wondering if if UFOs what? are that conscious of the inter, you know, not interfering. What do we make of the stories then of people who talk about having been abducted and, you know not necessarily pleasant experiences or, you know, those kinds of things. How does that fit in? Is there a misunderstanding? Are there different kinds of UFOs? Just like there's, you know, humanity is a vast array of personality types or, you know, is that similar or? Yeah, I would think that that's probably the the people who've been abducted. And, you know, there probably are some bad guys out there. You know, one of the things that Ross says is that going into this fourth dimension, fourth density, excuse me, we have to make a choice. We as individuals have to make a choice. And there's two paths we can choose from. One is service to others. That is that we uh, go into a fourth density where we use our talents and our uh, abilities to serve 
others. The other choice is service to self. And service to self is where we serve ourselves. And Ra does not make a judgment of whether one is good and the other one is bad. But I think from our standpoint, service to others is the good path. Service to self is the bad path, the where we try to get everything for ourselves. And that planets, there are planets that are service to self, and there are planets that are service to others. And hopefully this planet will be service to others, where we all live in harmony. The service to self planet will be a hierarchical kind of society where there's a bad guy at the top and that he has lots of bad guys reporting to him who have bad guys under them that they're being, you know, that they're dominating. And, and, and yet because someone has chosen that path, that is where they feel comfortable. And there are bad guys who are, you know, are going to be want to be in that kind of situation where well, they dominate others and seems, where they don't mind having a boss. Yeah, and it seems you like I mean? we've got that system pretty well in place. Yeah, exactly. You know the way that you know looking around and <laughs> at, at the at the news at the you know environmental destruction at the at the separation consciousness that seems to be so prevalent at the the domination of of police and those kinds of things going on um, it, it, it's just it's impressive the the job that apparently the the powers that be have you know it's like they've known about this this challenge and uh, and what they have to do to be yeah. maintaining the, the the status quo i guess uh, but now so in terms of you're kind of listing awesome awesome stuff that we're going to need to do to achieve the fourth density uh, with, with this, just realizing that we are, we need to become this, this more altruistic society um, and, and more conscious of others. And I mean, would that be your description of where humankind is? Yeah. Happening? Yeah. Yeah. I would say the service we need, we need to make a choice of service to others or service to self. If we choose service to others, we're going to eventually be the next time we incarnate, or perhaps this time if we live long enough, in a society that is a service to others society where we get along and we're, you know, we have essentially heaven on earth. Whereas the service to self folks are going to find, choose another planet. And I don't want to be there. I hope people will read my my new book, which is uh, The World's in Transition and You Have a Decision to Make, because that's really what this book is about. And I talk about how there are a lot of service to self people around and particularly in politics. And they're, you know, they use gaslighting. They tell, they lie all the time. We got to vote those folks out. You know, we need to get people in there who are telling the truth, who are really and truly not in it for themselves, but in it for, for others. Amen. And, you know, there are certain countries, <laughs> there are certain countries on earth, you know, Iran, China, and the communist China, my goodness, you know, they're killing the, the Uyghurs or whatever their name is, and they've all taken over Hong Kong, and, you know, it, there are some bad guys alive today, and they're, you know, we got to wake up to all that. 
Well, if this is Earth School, we, we have the opportunity to learn, I guess. We're exploring both paths simultaneously, it sounds like. And are we are we going to pay our intuition? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, we are, <laughs> we are exactly. getting close to the end of our time, and I want to make sure listeners know where to find your book and to connect more with you. So remind us again, website and the title of your book. Yeah, it's uh, my website's easy to remember. Of course, my name is Stephen Hawley Martin, and my website is shmartin.com, all run together, shmartin.com. My newest book is The World's in Transition, and You Have a Decision to Make. And if you go to my website, you'll see at the top there's a menu and there's one of the little Square says books. You can click on that. You'll see a lot of other books. I've written one on uh, uh, evidence of the afterlife, why you can believe that you are indeed a spiritual being having a, a physical experience and that you're eternal and you will be around forever. So remember that website, shmartin.com. Thank you so much. Oh, oh Stephen, man, this our has pleasure been amazing. and privilege. And yes. it's really, really awesome. Yes. Thank you so very, very much for your time, your energy, and your insights after so many interviews and decades of reading and all that you have explored. So, man, thank you. Appreciate you, Stephen. Thank you, Laurie and Mark. I've enjoyed it. Now it's time for our wow moment with Laurie Ann when she offers words of wisdom, sharing her intuitive and spiritual mentorship with us by responding to listener comments and questions. Wow, chatting with Stephen these last two weeks has been a mind-bending, mind-opening conversation, hasn't it? Or maybe for you, it's been more challenging than that. You know, it's interesting to me, when I was in my master's program, one of the things that we were taught to do was to identify what our own belief biases were, and then to deliberately challenge them literally write them all out. This is what I already believe. This is where I'm coming from. And then to start looking for the holes in our own beliefs and to do the same with every bit of research that we looked at. Okay, what might be the biases of that particular research project or the individuals that created it? What might be the holes? What are the things that they missed or didn't take into account? What might be missing as much as what is there? And then to actually deliberately look at counter arguments to the one we were just reading so that we could look at both sides, regardless of what our own beliefs were. We were constantly challenged by our professors to look at all sides and in conversations to be picking away at each other's arguments. And I know that's not something we typically do in day-to-day life. But we all have belief biases. And when we are willing to chip away at them, we can learn some amazing and incredible things about the world that we weren't open to before. Now, I'm not asking you to just blatantly believe everything we talked about the last two weeks. What I am saying and encouraging you to do is do your own research. Start digging. See what else is out there. Stretch your own mind. Have conversations with people who think 
act and believe differently than you do and just see what happens. I bet you a couple things might happen. One, you'll discover all kinds of new perspectives you didn't know before. And you'll also realize that underneath it all, there are some common bonds that we all have. We all need to believe in something. We're all curious about things. And we are all human beings. So I encourage you to explore, express, and connect with people who aren't like you just as much as you do with people who are. And until next time, my friends, keep rising. Thank you, Lorianne, for sharing your wow with us. If you have a question, comment, or concern you'd like to hear addressed on a future wow moment, or you'd like to learn more about Lorianne's mentorship program, visit her website at lorianrising.com. That's L-O-R-I-A-N-N-E-R-I-S-I-N-G.com. Thank you. And to our listeners, remember that Mark and I are on a mission to help make the world a better place and to uplift voices that are not typically heard. So if you or someone you know is an author, a musician, innovator, or even a comedian whose perspective and message challenges old paradigms to open hearts and minds, please reach out. We want to support you by helping you be seen and heard by a worldwide audience. Just visit us at riseandshineasone.com to apply to be a guest. And before you go, please take a moment to rate and review the show on your favorite platform. And remember, until next time, wherever you are, there's always time for remembering to rise and shine. Take care. Thank you for listening to Rise and Shine. Please join Lorianne Rising and Uncle Mark Olmstead for another great show next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, keep rising and shining. Sound of the joy, sound of the love, sound of the life. Sound of the joy, sound of the love.